Hello, and welcome to Catholic Women Lead, a podcast brought to you by Catholic Women in Business. I'm Elise Gallagher. And I'm Taryn DeLong, and we're co-presidents of Catholic Women in Business. Whether you're a working mom, a young professional, or business veteran, fitting work in between nap times and kid pickups, or discerning your next steps, Catholic Women in Business is a resource and community for you to grow professionally and spiritually alongside other women. On this podcast, we're sharing tips, advice, and inspiration from leading Catholic businesswomen to help you grow your career or business faithfully. We believe in what Pope John Paul the Great called the feminine genius, and we're here to help you tap into yours and use business to make the world a better place. Thank you for listening and enjoy the episode. Did you know Catholic Women in Business has a new membership community? It includes a monthly mastermind meeting featuring an hour of learning and half an hour of breakout discussion and networking. As a member, you'll also have access to recordings of each mastermind meeting, access to a member business directory, exclusive podcast episodes, and more. As a podcast listener, you can get 15% off your membership. Go to catholicwomeninbusiness.com slash membership and use discount code podcast for 15% off. That's catholicwomeninbusiness.com slash membership and discount code P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Your community of faithful Catholic women in business is waiting. We'll see you there. Hello, ladies. Welcome back to another episode of Catholic Women Lead. I'm Elise Crawford Gallagher, and I have my co-president of Catholic Women Business, Taryn DeLong, with me. Hi, Taryn. Hi, Elise. How are you doing? I'm very tired at the moment. (laughs) It's the end of the week, and both my girls were sick this week just with colds. Um, But, you know, the type where they can't really breathe at night. So it's been a long couple of days. So bear with me, dear listeners, if I'm not as quick as I usually am tonight. <laughs> How are you, Taryn? I'm good. I uh, I just got back from a, not a holy hour, it was a holy half hour, but it was, it was some time. Oh, nice. So that was very nice, yeah. You have adoration near you, right? Yes, our parish has it on Thursdays. Is it all day? Yeah, yeah, it's like morning tonight so it's not like 24 hours but it's like a full day once a week that's such a gift Um, well we have a very interesting episode for you guys today we're going to be talking about the soft girl era um taryn sent me um this article from glamour um online a couple of days ago and I read it and was so fascinated by it. And Tara and I went back and forth with some conversation and decided to turn it into a podcast episode. But before we go ahead and dive into that, Taryn, how, how's writing going? <laughs> how's writing our book going for you? And how are you doing? I'm excited. I'm excited about the book. I'm excited about, um, I just, I was talking to my husband about it yesterday and I said, I like, I have never felt like this was our book because I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, I really feel like we've turned it over to the Holy spirit and I don't, I don't know. It just, it kind of feels out of control, my control, but in a good way. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. Yeah. We are wrapping up our interviews. So we've chosen, um, and asked, um, a, wonderful group of women to contribute to the book and, and sharing their stories of being um, Catholic women involved in business. 
and um, we just have a couple more interviews to go. We've been doing them for the last few months. And so that's been really cool to see them start to be integrated into the chapters. Um, yeah, we had a we had a great one yesterday um, with someone who gave us a lot of encouragement. I think everyone everyone has said like this book is so needed. Which every time I'm, I feel like I'm dragging and writing, I, I we do it. We've had a, about an interview a week, um, and I always gather encouragement from those interviews. So that has been definitely a gift and, and really helpful in the writing process. Yes. Yeah, I think. I think yeah, it's, I've learned so much. It's, I can't wait to share it with everybody. Mm -hmm. We are actually meeting in person for the first time in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I know. So I'm going traveling from Baltimore to Raleigh, North Carolina in a couple of weeks. I'm very excited. We've, we've never met in person. You guys, Tara and I have never met in person after working together for three years. Um, so I'm very excited for that. Me too. I like, I, too. I forget that we haven't met in person. And then I'm like, you know, I don't like know how tall Elise is. Like, there's like random <laughs> things like that. I'm like, I talked to her like every day. Okay. Like, she could be like really tall or really short. I would have no idea. I know, right? Is that funny when you're talking on Zoom? You can't really tell how tall someone is. I know. I We get to just write our little hearts out all weekend. I'm very excited. Get to catch so. up with a couple of other friends who are in the area. So. Okay, well, let's go ahead and dive into this soft girl revolution. Um, so do you want to introduce the article, Taryn? Yeah, I don't even like usually read Glamour. I can't remember where I found this article, but um, I was immediately interested. So apparently, I don't spend a whole lot of, a lot of time on TikTok, um, but apparently there's this trend called soft girl on TikTok, and it's kind of the anti- girl boss, or it's a reaction, I guess, to against like our generation's kind of girl boss time of like hustle, 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 climb the ladder. And apparently a lot of Gen Z women, or at least a lot of Gen Z women on TikTok are kind of rebelling against that. And they're saying, I am burned out. Um, and I saw that where hustle culture has gotten the women who came before me and I'm just, I'm done with it and I'm opting out. And they're like going on TikTok rants about how they don't want to be a girl boss and they want a soft life, which is prioritizing slow living and self-care. And um, for those who have children or hope to have children one day, it's very focused on like family and the home. And it's fascinating to me because that is not really... Like, I, I mean, I had some of those values like in my family, but that is not really what we grew up hearing kind of from the broader culture as women. Yes. So the article starts off with this quote from um, a woman, Mia Jones, who created that a TikTok video that went viral last year. And her quote was, um, I don't want to be a girl boss. I don't want to hustle. I simply want to live my life slowly and lay in a bed of moss with my lover and enjoy the rest of my existence, reading books and creating art and loving the people in my life. And I think she was exaggerating a little bit, they said, but um, she like that kind of encapsulates this movement of soft girl. Um, and you and I love topics of feminine, femininity and gender identity. And so this was right up our path. Um, what are your initial thoughts, Taryn? 
Um, I think my first thought was just how interesting it is that we've gone kind of from one extreme to the other because we had um, the, you know, wear a suit and get the corner office and um, like feminism means that you have to be a business like or a leader in whatever capacity. And, um, and then we've gone in this kind of complete opposite direction of like, I'm opting out of all of it. And um, yeah, like my, so my first thought was something that I certainly related to, which is how much of this relates to where we're getting our self-worth and where we're getting our um, identity and have we gone from making work an idol to making home or not work an idol. And mm-hmm. I mean, that for me, that comes from like my own experience. Cause I definitely did that. Like I went from work is my idol to like motherhood is my idol to, Oh no, God's supposed to be my idol <laughs> and having right. to like refocus. And so I wonder if that's kind of part of what's happening is that it, and it's just exhausting. Right. And so when every, all your self-worth comes from your work, eventually you're going to burn out. But I also wonder, because a lot of the women they talk to aren't, um, they're like aspiring to this kind of soft life. And I just, I wonder if, you know, you put all of your eggs in one basket, you're going to get burned out there too, because you can certainly get burned out as a stay at home mom as well. Yeah. That's a really interesting idea that, you know, if you're putting either um, of these lifestyles, being a stay-at-home mom or being a working woman that um, you can get burnt out from both. Um, And it's not necessarily, the grass is always greener, right? (laughs) You're not necessarily, one is not necessarily the savior of the other. I kept thinking throughout reading this article about the history of uh, women's work, because you and I have been studying that a lot over the last few months as we're writing the book. And about the women who truly felt like they were moving women forward by, you know, breaking glass ceilings, getting into the boardroom, getting into um, CEO positions, C-suite positions, you know, leadership positions within business and and beyond. Um, Like what I'm thinking specifically in the 80s and 90s and what their response would be or like thoughts would be around these women who are most likely their granddaughters um, who, or, 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 you know, younger children um, who really are rejecting that, you know, rejecting that idea of climbing the corporate ladder. And, and I loved this quote of another woman um, by the name of Erica Dowdy, who's a content creator. And she said, um, I don't want a girl boss anymore. I think, um, I don't know if it's the European lifestyle rubbing off on me. I don't know. I don't think girl bossing is cool. I don't think it's impressive. I actually think girl bossing is kind of chuggy. And you and I were laughing over the word chuggy. I felt so old reading that. I had to look it up and figure out what it is. It means uncool for all those who like us did not know what that word meant. Um, but the word impressive stood out to me because you're right. Like in the nineties and eighties, as we grew up, it was in the era of as a girl, you can be anything you want to be. 
and yes, you can be a mom, but you know, you shouldn't rely on a man and you know, you should, um, have a career and that's how you measure success. And that's how you measure your self-worth as you said. Um, and so this, I, I, I think I appreciate the idea of not putting your self-worth in your work, but I do think as you and I said, it, it seems like swinging from one extreme to the other, um, of like completely rejecting work. In our book, we talk about like, what is work? Um, what is the purpose of it? Is it good? Is it bad? And, you know, I, I, one of my mentors, Andreas Widmer, um, in his work, the gospel of work, if anyone wants to go online, you can just Google the gospel of work, Andreas Widmer, and he has eight part video series about it that I highly recommend. He's a Catholic um, business owner and professor. Um, but he says in that series, um, you don't just work more. You, when you work, you become more, um, and it's the very Catholic idea that the work is a gift to us from the Lord, whether that is um, working from home, working as a stay-at-home mom, working in corporate world, working in a startup, whatever that looks like. Um, work is a way for us to um, walk with the Lord in our um, salvation, you know, working out our salvation with fear and trembling. Um, and, I think that that's what was missing in this article was really understanding the purpose of work and understanding as women, you know, you don't know we, you're right. Like we don't want to make work an idol, any kind of work an idol. Um, if you do, as you said, you're going to burn out and we don't want it to be our full identity. Um, but also maybe completely rejecting work of any kind or like it, it seemed like the girls soft girl movement was kind of like trying to claim that any form of work is 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 not feminine um, yeah. and, and, and that was an interesting yeah go ahead I was gonna say they because like the the, the the question that came to mind then is like how are you paying for this lifestyle but there are they right yeah, but they talked about like they talked to um like a dating site that found that Gen Z women are looking for like older, wealthier men to kind of like fund this lifestyle. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I guess if you had enough money you could like pay like pay for someone to do all of your childcare and all of your homemaking and house cleaning tasks, and then you could really just live in leisure. But like you said, I mean that that takes out something that's very valuable to our life, which is work in some way. And work doesn't mean necessarily paid work, but just labor. And I think like, exactly. I think maybe this is just a reflection of the fact that our culture has lost that understanding of what work is because we, I mean, you know, first of all, I know in like mom circles, we talk a lot about how unpaid homemaking and childcare, whether you do that full-time or not, is so undervalued because it's not paid. And so it just seems like we have this idea of work as being something that you are like 150% invested in and you are the person who does your job and that is who you are and that is where you spend all of your time or you're not working and then you're doing the soft girl life and we've lost a sense of what work is and how it's supposed to be part of a well-integrated life. 
mm-hmm. and our sanctification. Yeah. yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong. I, what I do like about soft girl movement is the, it, it probably is idealizing femininity in some way or, or a very like narrow view of femininity. Um, but I do appreciate, you know, this idea that we, that it's okay to be quote unquote like girly. Like it's okay to enjoy walks with your baby and slow mornings. And, um, that like, I appreciate that it's saying, you know, the corner office, maybe that's not the ideal anymore. And kind of like presenting this different ideal. Like I appreciate that conversation. Um, and the idea that we as women can embrace our femininity, um, but I think, like I said, I think it has a very like narrow view of femininity because I know wonderful women who do not like painting their nails or getting their mm-hmm. hair done, and they are amazing Catholic women. Um, yeah, what are you, what are your thoughts on that, Jerry? Yeah, I mean, as as someone who doesn't get a lot of joy out of like some domestic tasks, I <laughs> I would agree that like. Yeah, there's more, there's more nuance and more diversity in what it means to be feminine. But I also agree that I, in general, I like the fact that we're not kind of being repelled by those things anymore either. Like, I think it's good to kind of bring that back. I also, something else that occurred to me though, is they presented kind of the anti-hustle as being more feminine and like hustle culture is being antithetical to being a woman. But I like, it occurred to me, like, I think it's antithetical to being a human. Like, I don't know that men should really be working like 80 hour weeks either. (laughs) And I mean, they, you know, they talked about um, a woman's cycle versus a man's cycle. And there's definitely some truth to that. And to the fact that our, our bodies have different needs But like my husband doesn't do well if he has to work all night either because he's a person and he has to sleep, you know? And, and so I don't want to reject, um, hustle as being anti-feminine. I would, I think I'd rather reject it as being just inhumane. Yeah, that's a great point. I really, I really appreciate that. And the idea that we, as women, you know, that it's anti, you know, anti-woman to hustle or something. It, you know, there's so many definitions of hustle, but for, you know, just for the purpose of this conversation, we're referring to the article. Um, I instantly thought of Joan of Arc. If I like said to Joan of Arc, like, yeah, you're not a woman or feminine because you're fighting this battle right now. Um, I think that would be really um, untrue. <laughs> You know, um, so I, yes, I think you're right that it's has more to do with, uh, putting work in its proper place in our lives, um, its proper priority in our lives. Um, and I think we saw just such a overblown priority of work in the girl boss era and putting all of our eggs in that basket, um, all of our identity and what, you know building these huge businesses and being on the cover of fortune magazine and, um, that we're just, we're swinging the whole other way. Um, so it's, 
you know, I, I guess I'm, I'm, I don't know whether to be encouraged or to like be upset by this. Um, I, you know, I was very influenced by the girl boss era when, um, I was first starting my first business ringlet. Um, and it, it did give me some sort of permission to embrace my femininity, to show up as a woman, um, and not be ashamed of that. And so I, I think it did that for a lot of women and there's, you know, umpteen articles about down with the girl boss and why the girl boss is like not, um, in vogue anymore. But I, I, I don't know. What are your thoughts, Taryn? Are you encouraged or disheartened? I think I'm just glad that we're having this conversation and I'm glad that younger women are thinking about it and thinking critically about it. And you, so you mentioned Joan of Arc and the first thing that popped into my head was Joan of Arc hustled. <laughs> so I think like, I think we also have to acknowledge that sometimes you do have, like, you do have to hustle and that there's also a lot of privilege in being able to even have this conversation at all and make these kinds of choices at all. But even, I mean, even if you have that kind of privilege, like if you have a newborn, you're going to be hustling, like you're going to have a lot of sleepless nights and that's just going to, you're just going to have to work hard and self-care is not going to look the same and it's not going to really be a soft life. And so I think that's the other thing to keep in mind is just that the, this, it's all seasonal, right? Like you're going to have seasons where you can have a softer life and seasons where you can have, you're going to have more hustle. And um, I guess the thing to keep in mind maybe is to just make sure that when you're hustling, it's because that's what you're being called to do by God, whether that's getting up with your baby or it's, you know, doing, working hard at your job. And if you're living a soft life, it's because that's what God's calling to you, calling you to do in that season. And I guess um, that's why our podcast exists. And that's why Catholic Women in Business exists is to insert the, the God part into these conversations. Right. Exactly. I, I read this quote a few weeks ago that said, of course, on Instagram, um, we're sending our daughters into a workforce that was created for our fathers. And I cannot get that quote out of my head. And I think this Glamour article enforces my thought that that quote of us sending our daughters into a workforce created for our fathers needs to be addressed that these younger women, this younger generation is fully aware of that and how much of an issue it is. And so I'm grateful that that, as you said, it, this is a part of the conversation we're having as women right now. Um, and I, I would like to see action items <laughs> of like, okay, great. I'm so glad we're having this conversation about what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a woman in the workforce, what it means to be, you know, a mother and, and a wife and that's all amazing. But like, how, how are we going to change the workforce to be more, um, hospitable to, to, to women? Um, you know, how are we going to accommodate our cycles more? How are we going to accommodate children, our children and our fertility? Um, and that all needs to become a part of the conversation about, work and how we are functioning in that space. Yeah. And that's a huge question. 
<laughs> I don't know the answers too, but I, I think, um, I think one of the things that the pandemic did was it opened people's, um, people saw their coworkers' families, right? And they were reminded that they have yeah. children or they have, you know, disabled siblings or elderly oh, parents, and someone that they're yeah. caring for, right? They've got like laundry yeah. in the wash, they've got to transfer. Right. <laughs> and I was extremely optimistic, like in 2020, that this was going to change everything and that people were going to be more aware of the uh, responsibilities that their employees had outside of work. And I've become a little bit less optimistic because it seems like a lot of places are kind of trying to rewind and be like, oh, let's just go back. But I mean, right. I know like I know people whose companies didn't. They they were like, you know what? Like working remotely worked. And if you have a stay-at-home spouse who has a toddler who sometimes interrupts your meetings, like that that's cool. Um, and so I like, I don't know, I I guess I'm I'm less Pollyannish about it, but still hopeful that just the awareness is raised now. And so hopefully that means that um, change is coming. Yeah, I was working from home for most of my career as an entrepreneur. And then in the last eight months, started working in a law firm full time outside the house. And so I went from like you being totally optimistic of like, yeah, absolutely. The workforce can all go totally remote. And then obviously working with attorneys, they need to be in court and do need to meet with their clients. And it's been a new challenge for me to figure out how I can make that space more um, welcoming to women, especially childbearing women um, who need to have a more flexible schedule. So um, this would be a great conversation for us to have in our Facebook group. Um, we'll have a little um, chain conversation running um, on the day this is this podcast goes live. So make sure to check into our Facebook group to see um, how we all feel about the soft girl era that we're now apparently living in. I got to tell you, I felt so old reading this article. I was like, dang, I, I just didn't realize like, okay, there's a whole other generation behind us. I, you know, I, for so long, it was like millennials taking over the workforce and that was us. And now it's Gen Z taking over the workforce. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. You know, I was talking to some friends today though. And I was like, I'm going to embrace it. Like when I get great, oh, yeah. I'm just going to let it, I'm going to let it go. And like, I'm like, I'm in my mid thirties now and I'm, I'm like very happy with being more. And so hopefully another thing that our generation will do is stop being so afraid of aging. Mm, yeah. Embrace the, hopefully the wisdom that comes yes. with it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, thanks so much for this conversation, Taryn. Um, and thank you guys for listening. Please make sure to, follow us on Instagram, take a look at our new articles on our website, catholicwomenbusiness.com. Uh, we are now on Pinterest too. Is that right, Taryn? Yes. Yes. Our social media manager, Thanks. Christina, has been uh, posting on Pinterest and our graphic designer, Lisa, has been making beautiful images. So uh, definitely check that out. Great. Have a great night, Taryn. Thanks. You too. 
Thank you for listening to Catholic Women Lead. We hope you feel inspired in your vocation as a Catholic woman in business. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or colleague. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast on iTunes. You can also join us on Instagram at Catholic Women in Business or in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash Catholic Women in Business. Until next time, we'll be praying for you.